We'll take our text this evening from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Before I read our text, I would like to do a quick object lesson, and you can all be a part of the object lesson. How many of you like to receive gifts? Raise your hand. What do you do when somebody gives you a gift? You take it. Right? So I have a gift for the first one that comes up here tonight to get it. Nobody wants to come out. You Thank can you. open it. What'd you get? Twenty dollars. Can I have it back? Uh, yeah. No, it's yours. Thank you. You see how easy that was? All he had to do was come up and get it. You all had a chance to do that. I said I had a gift for the first one that came up to get it. I realized that was unusual. The brother Roth got a gift because he came to receive it. So we'll look at our text. Acts second chapter, verses 38-39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be ye baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is Peter preaching here, but just a short time before this sermon, there were 120 people gathered in an upper room at a prayer meeting. And they were praying. They were all saved. And through that prayer meeting, we know that each one of them had received their sanctification. And then on the day of Pentecost, they all received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Peter got up, preached his first sermon. I read two verses of it. There's more to it than that. There were 3,000 people that were saved after he preached his first sermon. But we can just imagine some of the things he said In his sermon, just by what I read, repent and be ye baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So he preached about salvation, let them know that they needed to change their lives, they were living in sin, they needed to turn about from the, uh, the life they were living and, and serve the Lord. He preached about sanctification, which he had just received. 
just a short time before that. But then he told them, once they receive, once they're, once they're saved, once they receive their sanctification, then there was a gift for them. The gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it is a gift. Just like Brother Roth stepped up here. He got the gift because he stepped out. You know, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit when we step out in faith believing. When we surrender all to Jesus, when we've been truly saved, when we received our sanctification, we're living a holy life. And as we step out in faith believing, as we uh, consecrate our lives more fully to the Lord, and just believe the Lord is going to give us that gift, we'll receive that gift. We can say it is just as simple what Brother Roth did. He had to get out of his seat. You all could have done that. I, I really figured there's some young people that would jump. Um, how many young people would have jumped up and came if they knew what it was? $20? Probably so. Well, that's nothing in comparison to the gift of the Holy Spirit. What the Lord gives us in experiences, there's nothing else that compares to it. Peter said here in the 39th verse, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The gift of the Holy Spirit was for the early church. They needed it. You agree with that? They needed it. For what they were going to go through, for what they were going to face, they needed the baptism in their lives. But Peter, or Paul, yeah, Peter said here, for the promise... The gift of the Holy Spirit is a promise from God that He will give it to a truly sanctified individual. So He says, the promise is unto you. He was talking to the ones He was preaching to at that time. And to your children. He was talking about their children. And to all that are afar off. So we're afar off from Peter's sermon. Do we need it? We need it too, don't we? Because we don't know what we're going to face as we go through life. We can read about the apostles, the disciples, the early church, what they went through. They went through a lot. They gave their lives for the gospel. But they had something that carried them from day to day. And that was the gift 
of the Holy Spirit. We can go back to the first chapter of Acts, verses 4 and 5. This is before Jesus went back to heaven and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost uh, is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus told them, wait for the promise. It was a promise from the Father that He would send the Holy Spirit to them. Uh, They had to just wait and they would receive. Jesus told them to tarry in Jerusalem until they received that. In the 24th chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 46, it says, And he said unto them, uh, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. They witness that. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Here again he says, I send the the promise of the Father, but tarry until ye be endued with power from on high. To tarry, it means to wait. Uh, It was... Tarry and receive. We could say it that way. He told them to tarry and they would receive it. Uh, tarry and be filled. You know, they went in the upper room to that prayer meeting. For ten days, they prayed. What a prayer meeting that must have been. As we study and read about the disciples, there were times where there were challenges, there was doubts, there were disappointments, there was times where they were trying to figure out who was who Jesus liked the best. They were well, they were human. You know, Jesus knew what they needed. They had been following him, they'd seen the miracles that he did. But he knew they need more than just salvation. And we're so thankful today for the Word of God that, that we can read the Word of God and know what we need in our lives. And, and first of all, we need to be saved. We need to uh, repent for the sins uh, in our lives, the things we've done that have disappointed the Lord. We need to pray and ask Jesus to save us. And, and that's a wonderful experience. It's beautiful 
Uh, Your whole life changes. But Jesus knew we needed more than that. He knew we needed uh, that inbred nature that we were born with, removed out of our lives. He, He knew that the early church needed that. He knew the disciples needed that. And in that prayer meeting, as they prayed and they tarried before the Lord and they consecrated their lives to the Lord and they yielded their wills to the Lord, uh, you know, it doesn't tell us how they received their sanctification. But we know that the first uh, verse in chapter 2 there says, they were all together in one accord. That means their hearts were beating as one. They had all received that beautiful experience of sanctification. And as they just tarried and prayed, uh, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and filled each one of them. Uh, what an experience that was. What a difference it made. Uh, we can just look at, at Peter, how his life was changed. Uh, just a short time before that, uh, he denied Jesus. He realized that he had made a mistake, and he repented of that. And Jesus was willing to take him back. And he was back, he was saved once again. But he needed more than that. And he received that uh, through that prayer meeting in the day of Pentecost. So we'll look over in uh, uh, 14th chapter of John. Begin at verse 13. Here, here Jesus is speaking here. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, as parents, sometimes we, we won't make sure our children get the point we're trying to make. And so we tell them, then we tell them again. I wonder if that's what Jesus was trying to do here. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. The next verse, Jesus says once again, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Those are promises for us today, tonight, that we ask anything in the Lord's name, that Jesus will answer our prayer. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And we'll go down to verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So here Jesus is saying, he will send the Comforter. The Holy Spirit is a comfort to our souls. 
It's a rest to our souls. So we could just say a couple words what Jesus just says here. Ask and receive. It's just that easy. We make it hard. I made it hard when I was seeking my baptism. I, I made it hard. But really, if we just ask for it, make those consecrations, Jesus will give it to us. He'll give it to you. If you need your baptism, He'll give it to you. We don't have to make it difficult. We have to just come in faith believing and believe the Lord will do it. It's a gift. It's a promise. It's a comfort. You know, we sing a song sometimes, the Comforter has come. The Holy Spirit. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit in our church services, in our lives. We want all that we can get from the Lord. What a beautiful gift the Holy Spirit is. It's, it's, well, it's hard. We can't hardly even describe what it is. But we knew when we received it. The change that took place, the difference in our lives after we received it, to have that proof of speaking in an unknown language, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the presence of God dwelling in us. We can't do that on our own. But it's a gift. Every one of us can have it. If you don't have the baptism tonight, you can have it. Tonight. Jesus is in the giving business tonight. He has a gift for you. If you need your sanctification, He's here to give it tonight. If you need to be saved, Jesus wants to save you tonight. So let's stand, we'll sing a song, and we invite you to come and pray.